0: Hello, and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and I'm super glad that you're with us today. If you'd like to hear more episodes of uh, this podcast, you can check it out on SoundCloud.com or on iTunes. Search Activate Jillian Pelkey. Today, uh, we are in for a whirlwind. I don't know exactly how this is going to go today, but uh, I really feel like I have uh, some things that the Lord wants me to share this morning. So let's start with prayer, and then we'll get right into the Word of God together. Jesus, I thank you that you are a rock that doesn't move. I thank you for how personal you are. I thank you that we can look to you, God, and we can find everything we need. God, I thank you for your promises because they are true. I thank you for your promises that you will always be with us, your promise that you will always guide us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that speaks to us and helps us to know which way to turn. Lord, I pray that today your word would sink deep into our hearts. God, I pray that today uh, we would look to you and find hope. Jesus, thank you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, this morning, we're going to take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, and I've preached Hebrews chapter 12 many times before, but um, today it's just uh, hit me in a different way, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3, therefore, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is in the uh, NIV version. When you take a look at that same uh, portion of Scripture in the International Children's Bible, which is a great version of the Bible, it's a very simple version of the Bible, but it helps you see things uh, in a a simpler little way. The first part of that in the International Children's Bible, in uh, Hebrews 12, 3, it says, Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. He is our best example in everything. He is our best example. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus uh, walking into your church and coming in and sitting down, probably uh, right there in the middle somewhere. He comes in and sits down. Jesus. Think about Jesus coming into your home around dinner time and coming in and sitting down at your table. Think about Jesus. I don't think that. Any of us would try to sit up taller, make our house cleaner, do anything better. I think we would just get as close as we could to Jesus, just to listen to how he talked, to listen to how he would interact with our family and with us. When we think about Jesus, we just want to get closer to him. We don't have to impress him because there's no way we ever could impress him. He already knows everything about our thoughts and our lives. He already knows everything about who we are. And so when I imagine Jesus coming to my house or my church or my workplace, I think I would just pull up a chair and get as close as I could and listen for as long as I could and watch how he interacted with people and watch how he handled different situations. Oh, to just be close to the master Jesus, the master communicator, the best counselor, just to be, could you imagine being in his presence today in 2018, Jesus coming and sitting around your dining room table? Oh, I would just soak up everything I possibly could just to be near Jesus. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. <clears throat> this portion of scripture in Hebrews is uh, preceded by Hebrews chapter 11, which lists all these people of faith. And then that word, therefore, since we're surrounded by this great group of people, these people who have gone before us. That gives us the strength to throw off every weight that's hindering us, every sin that's hindering us, and just go forward with what God has for us. And we know that God has made us individually on purpose. And for a purpose, each one of us has a design and and a destiny and a purpose and things, giftings that God's put only in us. There's only one of you. There's only one of you to be in your job, only one of you to be in your church, only one of you to be married to your spouse, only one of you to be single, only one of you to have these children. You are created by God on purpose. You are a masterpiece. You are his poem. You are his creation. From the beginning of the world, he formed you. So there's only one of you. We're not jealous of one another. We are God's design And he has a purpose and plan for us. And when we start to see all these other people who have gone before us, it gives us courage. But this verse says that that Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He has a roadmap mapped out just for us. And uh, the road has been pioneered. Do you get that? Do you remember um, Oregon Trail, that old game? Oregon Trail, where you're going west, and you're the first one to go with your covered wagon. It was this little computer game, one of the first computer games to come come out. And you were pioneering, and people would get sick, and it would be hard, and all this stuff. It was uh, a pioneering game. But Jesus has already pioneered the way. He has already made straight the path before us. The road has been pioneered. And now this is telling us, now walk, now go, now do, the thing that you were designed and created, your DNA formed just in you to do it has been pioneered. Jesus has pioneered this walk of faith. Now go. And I want to talk for a few minutes about uh, being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And some versions actually says a crowd. So a crowd or a cloud, a group of people have gone before us. And when you start to think of the people who have gone before us, we have examples in the Bible of amazing, amazing examples in the Bible of people who have gone before us. People like Lydia, uh, who gave money to the disciples of Jesus. Could you imagine being able to fund the ministry of the disciples? <laughs> and today, in 2018, we have on this Giving Tuesday, which is the the two, every Tuesday uh, of the year that we have opportunity to really concentrate on giving to different ministries, Lydia would be first in line. Lydia was someone who gave to fund the ministries that were going on, she funded the ministries of the disciples and, and gave room for them in her home and provided for them. Lydia gave money. We have examples like Naomi and Ruth and, and Rahab and Priscilla, who taught uh, the Bible alongside her husband, and Miriam, the sister of Moses, who uh, helped lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, you have people like Hannah, who uh, gave her son to the, the work of the Lord, gave her son Samuel to the priest and, and um, provided for him as he trained to, to be a man of God. And you have people like Anna, the prophetess who was waiting in the temple for Jesus to be born, who listened to what God had for her, listened to the fact that the Messiah was coming and just stayed day and night in worshiping and fasting and praying in the temple. There's so many examples in the Bible, and we start to look at them, and it's it's impressive, and it's it's amazing, and we can imagine Miriam in her Bible costume. You know, I was getting the costumes out for the Christmas play at church, and you see all these are basically like sheets with a hole cut in the the top, you know, um, but they're like rags. They're they're just sheets, and you picture someone like Miriam in her little robes, and you picture all this, and it's so far off. But then we see that this crowd of witnesses that we have that have gone before us didn't stop. In the book of Revelation, at the end of the Bible, but they continued. They continued in people throughout the course of history. They continued in people like um, Mother Teresa, who gave her life to serve the poor. And you know, with Mother Teresa, it was a roadmap that God made for her. She wasn't following in the the footsteps of her mom or her grandma or anybody else, but God gave her a, a mission, and she followed it. And reading any of her biographies, she had gone through some different things. She could have had an easier life, but she chose what God had for her. You have people like Corey ten Boom, who was uh, part of Nazi Germany and was in a concentration camp. And her story of forgiveness and her story of ministering while she was in the concentration camp and how God allowed her to keep a Bible um, in her her barracks and minister to people every night while she was there. And she transformed lives because she was uh, faithful to God. You have people, um, it's just stories of people who uh, changed the world. There's a, uh, an example. I'm going to read some ex- excerpts from a book about, it's called A uh, Hundred Extra- Extraordinary Stories for Courageous Girls, Unforgettable Tales of Women of Faith. And one of these people was uh, from the 1800s and her name was uh, Lily Trotter. And uh, I'm going to read this for to you. Uh, Lily was born with the gift of creating art. Her talent was so great that she might have become one of England's best artists in the 19th century. But Lily also had a heart dedicated to God. She felt him calling her to serve as a missionary in North Africa. She needed to choose between putting all her effort into art and likely becoming famous or serving the Lord. Lily chose to serve God. The North African mission group turned her down and she could not serve with them. So Lily went to Africa on her own, traveling with two friends. She didn't know anyone in North Africa, nor did she know the language spoken there. For over 40 years, Lily traveled, often by camel, along the North African coast and into the Sahara desert. She set up mission stations, places where missionaries lived and worked. Wherever she went, Lily carried the word of God to people, and many came to know him. I can't wait to meet Lily in heaven. And I'm sure there are hundreds of people uh, of North African descent that would say thank you to Lily. You know, there's a legend says that the woman at the well that Jesus met at the well went on to be a North African missionary uh, with her sisters. And uh, I can't wait to meet the woman at the well. There's the story of uh, Susanna Spurgeon, the wife of the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon. She lived in the uh, 1800s. After giving birth to twin boys, Susanna became weak. She often was sick, in bed, and not very strong. Still, she did what she could to serve God, her husband, and her sons. While Charles went about his work, Susanna raised their sons. She taught them the Bible and what it means to be a Christian. She shared in their joys when both boys accepted Jesus as their Savior. Charles wrote sermons and books about being a Christian. And Susanna proofread his work. One day, while editing a book, Susanna wished she could give a copy to every minister in England. In the 1800s, when Susanna lived, many pastors were poor and had no money to buy books. Charles encouraged her to find a way to do it. She started a charity called the Book Fund. With her own money, Susanna mailed hundreds of books to pastors. The Book Fund became her purpose and life's work. By the time Susanna died, her charity had provided almost 200,000 books to Christians throughout England. I can't wait to meet Susanna in heaven and talk about her adventures and what God did. There's a woman named Emma Dreyer, and I'm going to read her story to you. She was also from the 1800s. Something awful happened when Emma Dreyer was a little girl. Her parents died. God blessed Emma with an aunt who took her in and raised her. They lived in New York, and the city held great opportunities for Emma. She went to the best schools from elementary school through college. Emma earned excellent grades. She became a teacher, first in elementary school, then at college. Emma was well-paid and popular, but she gave it all up. Why? Because God had another plan for her. God put the idea in Emma's heart to teach others about Jesus, More than a job and a salary that made her comfortable. Emma wanted to obey God, so she left college and set out to do his work. Emma moved to Chicago, where she met a preacher named D.L. Moody, who spoke to large crowds, teaching them about Jesus. Mr. Moody admired Emma's teaching skills and her strong Christian faith. He encouraged her to start a training school for missionaries. It would be a missionary's job to go to the homes of people who didn't know Jesus and tell about him. When Emma, With Emma in charge, the school grew. Many learned to love Jesus. Then those people taught their children about Jesus and raised them to be Christian men and women. Emma died at an old age in 1925, still serving God. All these years later, her school, Moody Bible Institute, continues to exist in Chicago, training others to do God's work. <clears throat> Emma gave up everything to help God's work, to, to help God work his plan. She was left with not a lot of money, but she always had enough to live a good, happy life. We learn from her story that when we choose to serve God, he gives us exactly what we need. Then we look into the 1900s and we see uh, people like I mentioned before, like Cory Ten Boom and Mother Teresa. We see people like Elizabeth Elliot. And then uh, one more I want to share again in the 1800s was Catherine Booth. Catherine Booth grew up in England in the 1800s, a time before television, computers, video games, and phones, and everything electronic. When she was a teen, a spine injury first forced her to stay in bed for months. To keep busy, Catherine read, most of the books were about God, and as she learned more about him, Catherine wanted to tell everyone about Jesus. She felt God calling her to preach, but there was a problem. A woman's place is in the home, and that's what many people believed, and women were not welcome as ministers. Catherine argued that God saw men and women as equals, one not better than the other. She wouldn't give up her calling to share with others that Jesus came to save them from sin. Catherine fell in love, and she married a young preacher, William Booth. I would not stop a woman preaching, he said. So Catherine preached. She preached in her husband's church and wherever she was welcome. Many accepted Jesus as their Savior because of Catherine's words. William and Catherine set up tents in London where they preached to all who would listen. Their ministry grew. They taught others to lead people to Jesus, and soon they had more than a thousand volunteers. William called this group of helpers the Salvation Army. Together, he and Catherine were its leaders, and she became known as the Army Mother. I can't wait to meet Catherine Booth in heaven and thank her. For following the path that God had chosen, just for her to thank her for preaching and, and pioneering a way for people who would come behind her, I think about people today who are making that same difference. You know, we look at Miriam in her her cloaks, and in olden times we look at uh, people like Catherine Booth in the 1900s. We look at people like Cory Ten Boom and Mother Teresa uh, in the 1950s and 60s, and then we look to people today, people like uh, Beth Grant, who uh, started a ministry to help people escape from sexual uh, trafficking and human trafficking. Uh, we, we look at people uh, today that are making huge differences, people like Lisa Bevere, who are preaching to stadiums full of women and men who preach right alongside their husbands. We look at people like Christine Kane and Lisa Harper, and then we look at people uh, even closer to home, people who are, are doing amazing things that are alive today, this crowd of witnesses that we are surrounded by. I look at people uh, like Annie Bullard in Syracuse, New York, who started a ministry to reach out to prostitutes. People like uh, my new friend Chelsea, who's working at the Walter Hoving home in New York and helping uh, mothers stay with their babies as they recover from uh, addiction. I look at people like Brittany Bolduke and Jackie Rosa, who are pioneering a church in western New York. People like Marlene Glickard, who serves on our, our presbytery, who has made huge strides in the Christian world. People like Sharon Frank and Linda Morrison. People like uh, my new friend, Danielle Cooper, who uh, preaches alongside of her husband and is giving her life to the kingdom's cause. I look at people like my friend, Tina, who's a mom teaching her kids to memorize the Bible. And she's homeschooling them and giving her life to serve her children and her husband. And she reminds me of Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mom of uh, the Wesley brothers who started the Methodist church. And Su- Susanna Wesley used to take her apron and put it over her head so she could be alone and pray. And Susanna Wesley raised her children so well and with such a method that people used to make fun of them. The Wesley boys, they would make fun of them and say, you're, you're Methodist because everything you do has a method. And they embraced that. And they said, OK, call us Methodists. But they changed the course of the world, and Susanna Wesley had a, a hand in that. She had the hand in it, as her husband had left the family and left them with not a lot of money, and yet Susanna Wesley raised her children. Susanna Wesley used to hold church meetings in her home on Sunday nights. Her, her husband was a minister, um, but would be away for long periods of time, and so when he was, she would hold services in her home, and they became even more popular than anyone could have imagined. Susanna Wesley followed the Lord. She was a good mom. And my friend Tina, living today in 2018, is a good mom, as her son came in our house the other day and just quoted off uh, the whole first part of Genesis, because he's learning to love Jesus. I think of my friend uh, and sister-in-law, Beth, who is working with moms across New England and New York in this program called Mother of Preschoolers, Mops. And she is making a difference in people's lives every day. I think of my friend, Trisha, who just helps people naturally, who helps people in the foster care system, who helps people who are in need. I think of my friends, Shelly, Robin, and Michelle, who are striving to live, with, live for God every day of their lives through everyday problems. I think of uh, my friend, Sarah, who's helping uh, for the first time in her life, beginning to move into places of ministry at church. I think of my friend Karen, who is brand new in the faith and is going after Jesus with everything she has. I'm surrounded by these people. I think of uh, my friend Jean, who is overcoming a lot and going after the things of God. I think of my friend Crystal, who uh, is right in the throngs of motherhood of, of two young boys, but is choosing to fight her way to a place of hope. I think of my other new friend, Lisa, who is seeking God's will for her very life. And I know she's not afraid to follow after whatever he says for her to do. Those are people living today. Lisa Bevere, Corey Tembu, Mother Teresa, Beth Grant, my friend Chelsea, Annie Bullard, Brittany, Jackie, Marlene, Sharon Frank, Linda, Danielle, Lisa, Loyatona, who's a woman who's been called to uh, South America and went. (laughs) Christine Fisher, who is doing amazing things in the Syracuse, New York area through prayer and through helping women. Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, an amazing story of a mom... uh, of a child she adopted, Elizabeth Elliot, a missionary woman, oh my goodness, Catherine Booth, people from the Bible like Lydia, Naomi, Rahab, Priscilla, Ruth, Miriam, H- Hannah, Anna, Susanna Wesley, my friend Tina, Beth, Trisha, my mom. Shelly, Robin, Michelle, Sarah, Karen, Jean, Crystal, Lisa, we're surrounded by such examples of people who are living from today that are living on mission and on purpose, and people from yesteryear that are living, that have lived all the way through on purpose and on mission, people in the Bible who lived on purpose and on mission, and someday all of us will link arms in heaven and say, look at the things that God allowed us to do on earth, look at the things that we went after, because God dropped a message in our heart because God said, go and do it. And we listened and we obeyed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight that hinders us and go after the thing that God put on our heart. If Catherine Booth kept preaching, I can keep preaching. If Annie Bullard can start a ministry to prostitutes, so can you do the thing that God called you to do. Annie Bullard is walking the streets looking for people like Rahab and saying, come back to Jesus, come to Jesus. Jackie Rosa is standing next to her husband, TJ, just like Priscilla stood next to Aquila and and taught the word of God. My friend Tina, like Susanna Wesley, is raising her children to serve Jesus. Jesus. We have a path already marked out for us. People have gone before us serving the Lord with all that they are. And today, we need to serve the Lord with all that we are. The story of that little girl named Lily, who could have been a great artist, but God said, go to North Africa. And the missionary group said, no, we don't want to, but she went anyway because God told her to go. And when God puts something on your heart to do, we've got to do it with everything that's within us. We've got to throw off everything that would ever hinder us because we have to set our eyes on heaven. We have to think about Jesus coming to sit at our table. We've got to think on Jesus. And here's the the just beautiful part of scripture here at the end of Hebrews. It says, uh, think about Jesus. He held on patiently while sinful men were doing evil things against him. Look at Jesus' example so that you will not get tired and stop trying who is your example? Who is your example? Jesus is the perfect example. All these women that I listed are great examples of flesh and blood, people that we have known or people that we have heard about. But even if you don't know my friends or the people that I've been surrounded with, you know Jesus, the perfect example, And because we have this example of Jesus who went to the cross and died. We too can push off everything that tangles us up, every sin that would get in the way. Every bit of laziness can be gone as we look at the person of Jesus. Every bit of I can't do it can be gone when we look at Jesus who endured even the cross. Why? Because there was a joy set f- forth. It says in, in verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer And perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For heaven set before you, I will endure whatever it is on earth. I would rather be a servant in the house of the Lord than a famous painter or a famous teacher or a famous anything. I want to be a servant of God because that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to bring joy in the end when I get to heaven and I stand next to Mother Teresa. I'll say, look what God had for me to do. It's awesome what he had for you to do. But look what God had for me to do. And I could turn to the other, other end. I said, "Corey Tamboom, how cool is it of what God had for you to do? Here's what God had for me to do. What is it that God has for you to do? Stop doing everything else and do what God has set out for you to do today in this season of your life. He has something perfect for you to do, something only for you, set out for you to do. In Romans chapter 12, it says this, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Mother Teresa was a living sacrifice. She didn't live for herself and her own needs. She lived on mission for God. Therefore, make yourself a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship of God is to be like Priscilla and Aquila, to be like uh, Catherine Booth, who said, it doesn't. Matter what anybody else says, I have to do what God has put in my heart to do, and all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Catherine Booth was sick on purpose, so she would read books about God and get ready for what He had for her. Uh, things that happened in our lives are on purpose. We look at the story of the of the uh, the teacher who whose parents died. It happened. God worked it together for good because then she went to her aunt's house and got this education, so she could start a Bible college to train missionaries that is here today. God's going to work everything, everything in your life together for the purpose that he has for your life. So offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. This is worship to God. To say, God, what can I offer you? Jesus, what can I offer you? But we can offer our very lives. And he designed us on mission. He designed us for a mission. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we just lay down and live out our lives just like everyone else, we'll end up just like everyone else. I'll tell you who's not just like everybody else. Brittany Bull Duke, Jackie Rosa, Marlene Glickard, Sharon Frank, Linda Morrison, Danielle Cooper, Leslie Latonia, they are not like everyone else. They said, I don't care what this world has to offer. I'm going to be transformed and do the mission that God has called me to do. And you know what? Each mission is individual. So I can't go off and try to be like anybody else. I have to be who God created me to be. And it's always exciting. What God had for Elizabeth Elliot, he doesn't have for me, but he had it for her and he prepared her and gave her everything that she needed to be who God had called her to be. This same with Lisa Bevere, or Corrie ten Boom, or Lydia in the Bible, or my friend Tina, who's a great mom. We have to be who God has created us to be. So don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we find the will of God? Let's look for uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude— Christ suffered in his body, you're going to suffer too. Arm yourself with the same attitude. I'm going to read this again, 1 Peter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, all the way to the cross, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. If you have completely given up your life and said, God, I am a living sacrifice for you. I will do whatever you call me to do. God, I will walk in the way that you have created and designed me as your masterpiece, your poem, your creation to walk. We're going to suffer. Because of Jesus, our example, Jesus, the pioneer of our faith, suffered. He said, Here is the path, walk now in it. As we walk in it, there will be suffering. There will be things that aren't pleasant or aren't happy. But as we walk in it, our body, we will be done with sin. We will say, I don't care what comes my way. I don't care what North African Missionary Committee says I can't go. I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to suffer through it because God called me. And God's calling is above any other calling. And what God has for me is on purpose. And it's going to change lives. And it's going to change the world. And there are people who have gone before us that have changed the world. And you, too, are on mission to change. Change the world. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. You can live in two places. You can live for yourself or you can live for God. There is no middle ground. You can live for yourself or you can live for God. And if you live on mission for God, your name will be added to this awesome list of people who have gone before you. And you have the perfect example. Stop complaining that you don't have a mentor. Stop complaining that you don't have examples of people who have gone before you. Read stories of women who have gone before you. Read the Bible. Uh, Soak in to the mentorship of Jesus Christ himself, who sits at every table with you, who walks in every path with you, who rides in every car ride with you, who goes grocery shopping with you, who parents alongside of you. He is here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He has sent His Holy Spirit to be our guide and we are without excuse to serve Him. We are without excuse to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. So you can live for yourself or you can live for God. You can live for this earth or you can live for heaven. Choose today, who will you serve, yourself or God? Let's start this again, First Peter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. Let that sink in your heart. You have spent enough time doing what everybody else does. Friend, listen, you've spent enough time in the world. Now spend yourself for the kingdom of God, for the mission of God. We're going to skip down to, the ver- to 1 Peter 4, 7. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray so that you may pray. All of these missions were birthed out of prayer. All of these things that God called people to do was birthed out of a relationship with Jesus Christ, our best example. Because of our life in him, he calls us to do great things, great and mighty things that we can't even comprehend. The ideas come from him, not from us. If ideas come from us, then when someone says no, we say, okay, well, I guess not. But when God puts it deep in your heart to preach, you can do nothing but preach. When God puts it deep in your heart to teach, you can do nothing but teach. When God puts it deep in your heart to start ministries, to do different things, you can do nothing but what God has called you to do. You are surrounded. You are surrounded by a great crowd of people living on mission for Jesus. Whether you read about them in a book, or you just hear about them here on this podcast, you are surrounded. You are surrounded by people who have said, I would rather live 100% for God than even a foot in the world. I live for Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. For 2018, for the month of December, God, what is it? What is the mission you have for me right now? And if I'm in, in the throngs of, of despair and I'm like all of these people went through periods of quietness, periods of grief where they had to study and read and be prepared for what God had for them, whether you're in that season, you're in the season of going, no matter what it is, God, we are a hundred percent for you. You have a road mapped up just for me and it's different than Susanna Wesley. And it's different than uh, Mother Teresa. And it's different than Beth Grant. And it's different because it's designed just for me. But I'm going to be bold enough. I'm going to be strong enough in Jesus. I'm going to throw off everything that could hinder me from living on mission for God. And I'm going to go for what God says to do. He has a race marked out for you. Verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus not on the what ifs or it's too expensive or i just can't but fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith other versions say the author and perfecter the beginning and the end he's the one who designed our our journey our personal mapped out walk of faith you know i was looking around a, a room full of of women recently and i thought wow god has a lesson plan of sorts for each and every woman. And it's individualized. He's got this map marked out just for you. He's got lessons, a lesson plan, things for you to learn. He's got quizzes and tests, so to speak, or things for you to go through. He has a plan marked out individually for you. And it doesn't look like anyone else's because he loves you so deeply. God looks at each and every one of us, calls us by name, looks at us and says, I love you, my masterpiece. Today, God looks at you and says, my masterpiece. I have a a design for you. I have a plan. I have a lesson plan for you. I have a mission for you, designed for you. It may look like Susanna Wesley's motherhood, or it may look like um, Catherine Booth's preaching, or it may look like a, a, a school, or it may look like anything, but it's designed just for you with the giftings that God's given you. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Think about Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't grow weary and lose heart. You are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. I'm just going to read to you a list of names of people that you're surrounded by. Abigail in the Bible, Bessie Adams, Anna in the Bible, Jane Austen, Clara Barton, Margaret Baxter, uh, Catherine Booth. Amy Carmichael, Fanny Crosby, Deborah from the Bible, Dorcas from the Bible, Emma Dreyer, Anna Dutton, Elizabeth Elliot, Esther, Eve, Elizabeth Fry, Ruth Graham Bell, uh, Hannah, Hulda from the Bible, Anna Annie Hutchinson, Jacobed, Lois, uh, Timothy's grandmother. When you think about Lois, Timothy's grandmother, she was the, the grandmother who passed on her faith not only to her daughter, but to her grandson. Some of us have that lowest heart to, to mother and grandmother, our, our, our family. You have uh, Martha, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Mag- Magdalene, Mary of Bethany. You have Miriam. You have Naomi, Florence Nightingale, Noah's wife, Betty Olson, Rosa Parks, Peter's mother-in-law, Priscilla, Rahab, Rebecca, Rhoda, Helen Rosevere, Ruth. Samson's mother, uh, Susanna Spurgeon, Betty Stam, Ann Steely, Joni Erickson Tata, Corey Ten Boom, Saint Teresa, uh, Lily Trotter, Sovereign Truth, Harriet Tubman, Susanna Wesley. Margaret Wilson, the woman at the well, the woman who touched Jesus' coat. You have uh, people in your own sphere of influence. You have people at your church, people uh, that you know of who have started ministries, who have done mighty things for God. And then you add your name to that list and you say, wow, Jesus, what do you have for me? These are regular, everyday people that you're using for great and mighty things. Regular, everyday people infused with the spirit of the living God. Mighty things can happen. I have a friend, Karen, who is a newer Christian and the mighty things that God is doing through her life just makes me want to bubble over with joy. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It's not that you put your time in and then God uses you. God uses you when you listen to his spirit There are so many stories of faith. Add yours to the list. Say yes to God today. Say, God, whatever it has, whatever it is you have for me today, whether it be huge or tiny, I will obey you. And if you begin to obey him in the little things, smile at that person. The Holy Spirit might put in your heart to smile at somebody. may put in your heart to stop and say hello to someone. may put it in your heart to do something small to be patient at your family gathering, or to be kind, or to think above just your own wants and desires, but someone else's. And those things grow and grow and grow. God has a mission. He's preparing you for something today that will happen tomorrow. He's going to work all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. What is the purpose that God has for you? Don't push it aside. Don't just get on the track that everybody else is on. God has a plan and purpose designed especially and specifically for you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your example. It is the best example. And God, I thank you also for the examples of so many others in the Bible, so many others throughout history who have listened to your call and obeyed. God, I pray that we would be a people who would listen to your call and obey. God, I pray that we would be people who would live on mission for you. God, whatever it is that you've designed us to do, help us to do it. Help us to throw off everything that would hinder us from doing the work of the kingdom because that's the most important. God, thank you for these examples. Thank you for these people. Help us to be one of them. Help us to be a name that someone could emulate their lives after a person who someone could look at and say, that's this person who's following 100% after God. Not that we're perfect, but God, you're perfect. And when we live on your mission, it brings glory and honor to you. God, I pray that nothing would hold us back from the things that you have for us. Empower us by your spirit to change the world. In Jesus' name, amen.